1: Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
2: Hello and welcome to this week's No In Never podcast, episode 99 of the No and Never podcast. With me this week, James and Natalie to go over Saturday's 0-0 draw at home to a switch time. And we're going to talk about the transfer window as well, since that's flown open. Does it fly open? It slam shut. Fly open, sounds like it could be a thing. Um, not much entertainment on short at the turf on Saturday, James. Fairly tight game between two good defensive teams. What did you make of the performance?
3: Um... You know, I I didn't think it was awful, but I don't think it was good at the same time. I think it's a tough one to say, because I think early on it, it became clear that the referee wasn't really keen on giving anything Andre Gray's way. And I think after that, it sort of took away our main attacking threat.
2: There weren't many chances created from either side, were there? It was, it was very much a midfield battle, I think. Two teams playing a lot of long-world football as well.
3: Yeah, and I, I think as well there was... Um, it was a lot of per- perimeter play, really, wasn't it? It was like, you know, the ball kind of got to the edge of the area and then there was a bit of a battle and then it got to the edge of the other, of the other area and that was kind of just the way the game went. The ball was getting lumped one way to the other and never actually making it into the danger zone. So um, I, I think it was one that really both teams would probably forget, but I think it was exactly what it came for, you know, a, a draw at the turf and I think that's what they, they wanted.
2: It's a very stop-start, wasn't it, Natalie? From the very start, I think, um, was it Christoph Beryl went down and there was a three, four-minute delay right in the opening couple of minutes. That seemed to, to really set the tone for the afternoon.
4: Definitely. Um, it was a really weird start to the game, to be honest. We we looked like we, we were going to go out all guns blazing and, and really, you know, go for it. And, and I think when we had about eight minutes on the clock, we'd played probably two minutes worth of football. It was a, And it was a really um, a strange start to the game, which, like you say, just seemed to dampen any enthusiasm, um, uh, possibly both on the terraces and on the pitch as well. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was an odd one.
2: Bony just seemed to to struggle to to create much. Gray didn't have the the best day. I think it's fair to say he was getting caught offside every minute. By the end of the game, it was a bit ridiculous. But we struggled to get the ball into his feet. I think and they they marshalled him very well. And do you think the the ref could have given him a bit more protection? There was a lot of holding seems to be going on.
4: Definitely. Um, I mean I'm sure we'll come on to this in a minute the referee had quite frankly one of the most appalling performances I think I've ever seen in a long time um, but he just it just seemed to get every single decision wrong um, and, and we, we talked after the game about protection um, in, in most games you know he any single time he gets near the ball he's got two or three players on him and they're shirt tugging they're manhandling him, they're pulling him back they're standing on him and it, it's a he seems to attract a really physical um, defence of his play and I think that's possible because he is a very strong physical player. Um, he does this great move where he he backs into players and he just creates so much space in front of him and it's it's a you know, really good striker and Good physical strikers tend to do that he just even if it 's just one step back and, and he opens his chest and his arms out and he just seems to create this massive amount of space in front of him um, and and we, we're seeing now defenses are, are counteracting that by just almost flooring him whenever they can and, and referees just for some reason seem to be really lenient and, and don't you know offer him any protection whatsoever.
2: It was a difficult game for Grey, wasn't it, James? But he did have the, the best chance of the game. It was probably just one of those matches where you only got one really good chance, and unfortunately, you missed it.
3: Uh, I think that was one that. I think you could see that he was really frustrated that he'd, he'd not taken it. And, you know, it was a, a great ball in from, from Kartley. And I think.
2: It took a deflection, actually. I was looking at the highlights. It took a little nick as yeah, well, the defender.
3: Maybe that's why Grey missed. You know, he didn't expect it to quite take that path. But, um, I. I think when you were watching it, it didn't look like the obvious ball. I think people were probably expecting Kyle to put a ball in around the six-yard box, but Greg found himself in a lot of space on the edge of the area, and I think he'd, he'd want that one back. To be honest,
2: you mentioned Kylie there, it was Kyle's ball in, and we've got to credit him for him, even though there was maybe a little bit of luck with the, the deflection. What did you make of his performance? I was a bit frustrated with his end product, but that's that's a regular bugbear for me and Kyle. I,
3: I think he's exactly what what we've missed in a lot of other games obviously his end product's not been quite there I think that's been the case his you know his whole Burnley career and partly that might be because he's he's not really played enough consistently since the end of the uh, promotion season but uh, what he does that we we really miss when George Boyd's playing is he he wants to get at his man and you know I think he had the beat in his full back on uh, Saturday the end product wasn't the best but um, he's always willing to, to have another go and run at people, which I think, you know, is what we need right now.
2: Natalie, you noticed when, when his number went up that he didn't seem particularly happy with the decision. Uh, obviously, censor yourself. But you were using your lip-reading skills, weren't you? It's family podcast.
4: It is a family podcast, so we won't directly translate this. But yeah, he'd, um, he'd just taken... I think he'd either just taken a throw-in or, or something had happened that the, the game had stopped right in front of where we'd sit. Um, and we, we don't sit that many rows um, back from the pitch, so we usually have a pretty good view. Um, and he turned away to Sam, actually... Um, As this, you could see the board going up and he just gave Sam this really like, it was like a really sly grin and he looked over and saw his number and he was, he turned to Sam who was facing us as well and he said, for sake, it's always me. And he was absolutely furious. And it was quite weird as well to see Sam's reaction because Sam looked really, really awkward, which made it sort of realise that it was quite a genuine frustration. And he just kind of looked down to the ground and went, ooh, sorry, mate. Um, But he... He was genuinely furious. Now, I was watching him going off the pitch, and obviously, by the time he he got to to the dugout, he was professionally was respectful. He shook everybody's hands. He didn't have a strop, which you've seen with some um, divas who don't like getting um, substituted. But he was definitely annoyed, really annoyed. Most
2: players are when they were substituted. It was just interesting that you had such a good view, and it's about exactly what he said. It's 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 tough for Kylie because he's been ending out the side pretty much since he arrived at the turf. But it's consistency for me And it, maybe he does need to run a run of games To get that consistency But it's difficult to stick with a player Who can look really good one week And then just not really do anything the next I think even though Boyd's been out of form Dash thinks he maybe gets Some more reliable Performance out of him with all these running. Yeah,
3: he's consistently bad.
2: Consistently, I thought he was absolutely yeah. appalling. Like, right? I know he was only on the pitch for twenty minutes, but I'd have probably taken him terrible. off. Yeah.
4: <laughs> well, that that seems really unfair. It's like he's he's pre- he's not prepared to give Kartley a run in the side because of a consistency issue. We assume because he's, he's really good one week, and I agree with you. He was great when he came on last week. This week, slightly less effective, but still an improvement on boyd Yet, he's not prepared to. You know, he takes the opposite view with Boyd and is not prepared to drop him straight away when he's had a. And it's a really weird thing. It's like, why has Boyd got this ridiculous special treatment that Kyler doesn't seem to be given?
2: He does seem to have his favourites. Maybe he's just he he rates Boyd as a better player and I think Boyd costs twice as much, and it's so in the market seems to suggest that, that he is. But I think. Boyd's form throughout most of 2015 suggested that him and Gaird are probably a similar level. Um, should touch on the other substitutions as well I suppose um, 88 minutes for a double change when it's 0-0 I suppose it's, it's just Difficult. part of the course isn't it though with Sean <laughs> Dyche? No one would have been surprised But
4: what's the point? Uh, it's what so is the point? <laughs> yeah. If
2: you're Hennings, Hennings has barely had his boots on since he scored at Cardiff he's barely exactly. had a chance And then you're asked to go on for for 90 seconds in injury time. And he almost scored at the end, maybe if he'd been on a couple of minutes. He'd have put that chance away.
4: But everybody in the ground could see that that game needed changing from the 60th minute. It was such a stale game and it was two sides who just could not break each other down. So it was obviously going to stay nil-nil unless either a penalty was given or some miraculous screamer came out of nowhere. What was the point of bringing people on with three minutes to go? It, I get so frustrated sometimes with Deitch's with substitution tactics and that was the pinnacle of it for me on Saturday. I just think it was ridiculous.
2: I, I, I think I put on Twitter that it felt like he was trolling me in particular because I've got so irate it just doesn't bother me anymore I I, I, I got, I think Borough was when I was getting the most mad because he took so long to change it and after that I'm just like, he's well, not going to change So, I That's
4: think he stalks you right on Twitter anymore. I think he's got some kind of secret Twitter, <laughs> knowing how much he loves Twitter he he only follows you <laughs> and he does the polar opposite of what you want to do, Jamie
2: Yeah, I need to put my account on private I think <laughs> James, I, I suppose there's nothing new to say about the substitutions is there, but um, I think Dice said that he, he didn't want to change the feel of the game.
3: Um, I don't think there was anything he could do to change the feel of the game, was it really? It was the, I think it was all about the referee. Well,
2: it was quite a poor game, um, and he put George Boyd on, so he certainly didn't change the feel of the game.
3: Well, well, you know, maybe he thought George Boyd could outrun the referee, and he'd, you know, not miss something. I'm not sure. Uh, to, to me, the the game was sort of ruined when. Um, it took the referee sort of 70 odd minutes to give Burnley a meaningful decision. Um, you know, once it was clear that the defenders could do pretty much whatever they wanted to Andrew Gray on the edge of the box, I think we might as well have packed up and gone home at that point.
2: It's difficult, isn't it? Because you, you want it to be a fair battle, and I think players like Grey have to get a bit more protection. Like, there was one in particular where Grey got the better of the battle. And was about to turn and run away and the defender just hauled him down and got away with it. And it's like what what's Grey supposed to do if if he engages with the defender and comes out on top and then gets absolutely tackled to the ground, rugby tackled, it just seems pointless. Uh,
3: the the worst one for me was actually the one where the ball had sort of gone into the air, you know, miles up. It bounces and neither of them had touched the ball yet, and the defender just sort of climbs onto Grey and smothers him into the ground and the referee gives absolutely nothing uh, you know, he hasn't even been given the opportunity to play the ball and he's been fouled and there's nothing given so it was an interesting day for the referee
2: While we're on the referee then we should mention the the disaligned goal um, that Ben Mee scored, me himself said that he wasn't sure what the offence was um, I'm not sure if you had the chance to see any replays James but uh, can you shed any light on that do you think it was another poor decision?
3: I also have absolutely no idea what it was given for but uh, what I did notice was I think I don't know if it was about that incident but soon after Ben Mee was talking to the referee and the referee just seemed to be gesturing about a shirt pull so whether he thought someone was being impeded in the box I'm not sure but um, he didn't really seem to be in a hurry to give it and he couldn't really tell what it was for to be honest And, and I didn't see any Ipswich players Really appealing for anything either. That so. was a
2: strange thing so. for me. I, I was looking at the. I was in Cricketfield stand and the, the post in the middle was completely blocking my view, so I didn't even see the ball go in, let alone any sort of um, blocking. Looking at the highlights today, it? it looked like Grey was maybe standing in front of the keeper. That was the only thing I could see that maybe Gray had been judged to have blocked the, the keeper and the way the ref treated Gray. It wouldn't surprise me if he'd found a reason to disallow a goal um, for that. But yeah, looking at the highlights, the man that me was with, he was staring at the floor as if he knew he'd he'd just got done and made a mistake, not asking the referee to disallow it because he'd been fouled. Um, Natalie, what was your view of that incident?
4: I'm exactly the same. I must have looked at that goal like 50 times I cannot, for the life of me, find wh- where the, the foul is, and I find it absolutely ludicrous if it is a shirt pulling offence, given that he didn't recognise shirt pulling as offence when any switch player committed it against our players. So it it makes his performance even more laughable if that's what he's disallowed a goal for when he just let the rest of them go for the entire game. Um, I, I just I don't I don't get it. it. It was a it was a bizarre decision, and it, it changed the game now. There's nothing to suggest that if, we'd have gone, if it had been allowed and we'd have gone one up there that the game would have been completely different. You would have expected Switch to come out and try and get an equaliser so it probably would have opened up the game. So there's no guarantee that we would have, have got you know, three points from it but it's a really, really poor decision and it's one that could very well have cost us some valuable points.
2: I suppose looking at positives, moving away from the referee, it's back-to-back clean sheets um, since the the new look back five was put together, and Keane and me looked at a very good partnership. Ben May, who we talked about his height and whether that would be a problem um, in a very physical, difficult strike to deal with. In Daryl Murphy, had another excellent game. James,
3: um, yeah, no, I thought Ben Mee had a, you know, had a really strong game. Um, I think it's more fair to judge him on the, the full ninety minutes this week than. Than previously, because obviously when you four nil up, it's it doesn't really matter if you make a mistake. But he was absolutely solid all game, I thought. And um, you know, it looks like it's going to be difficult to to see Duff getting back in the side at any time soon.
2: It's interesting that we're being linked with a uh, move for a defender. We'll come on to it a bit later in the podcast, but that would suggest that maybe dash isn't completely settled with his back five. I thought Ward played well as well. There was one block in particular; I think the ball was falling from a set piece to an Ipswich attacker and he looked like he was going to get a shot on target and walked through himself at it. It was quite a Ben Me sort of tackle. Um, I think there was one moment, wasn't it, Natalie, when Me made a mistake on the halfway line and Ipswich looked like they were going to get him, but Keane's pace, he's got more than enough pace to make up for, for little slips like that.
4: Yep, absolutely. Um, I think... In the two games that, that Mee's now played in the centre, he has made one little slip-up in both games. Um, and in both times, interestingly, Keane's been there to um, cover him. Um, I think it's harsh to judge him. I've seen some knee-jerk reactions where people have actually said, oh, that's why you can't play Ben Mee in the centre because he's prone to those. Well, he's prone to those in most games. We tend we tend to have one Meism each game. Um, it was interesting to see just how effective Keane was in covering for him and I really like the me Keane centre at the back I think they bring the best out of each other's games um, and I, I've personally been more impressed with Keane with uh, me next to him I think I said this last week than I was with Keane with Duffer next to him and um, I agree with James. I really like this back four. Um, It's just, it feels a shame really, especially if we're actively looking for defenders if the rumours are to be believed. I do fear that it's Ben Mee that is going to get dropped out of the back four if he does shake things up a little bit. Um, I think the two, um, I think Ward and Loughton are now you know done I think I don't think they'll lose the place providing we keep hold of Keane I think he's obviously he's staying in the centre and um, if he's going to bring another defender in I fear that it's going to be um, a central defender and Mee's going to lose his place unfortunately.
2: Yeah, it is an interesting one isn't it because I think Mee's been preferred to Ward at left like pretty much for the last two seasons but Ward has done pretty well and Dash and is always very keen on sticking with players who've performed well Ward only lost his place last season when he got injured and then he didn't get back in, did he? So yeah, it's an interesting one. I mean I'm sure Mee would I think Mee still sees himself as a centre back, doesn't he? So he'd probably rather be playing there, but you're right, he's playing for his place at the moment. Do
4: you not think he looks happier though? Do you not think there's there's like a a I've seen the he last always, game.
2: he always seemed a bit reluctant to meet at full back, especially with the ball at his feet. You could tell that it wasn't really his even when, when he's got the ball at his feet at the centre-back, he just seems more comfortable, I think. Yeah, because definitely. he's got more options. When you're at left-back, you can basically go inside to a midfielder and show him for it, back or down the line. Like, you've not got that many options.
4: Yeah, definitely. I agree.
2: Okay, moving on then. You mentioned um, the the defender that we're, we're being linked with. There's reports came out on Monday when we were recording the podcast on Monday. Reports that we've made a bid for Brentford's James Tarkovsky. Manchester-born defender, I think he's 24. Um, Brentford, of course, we raided for Andre Great at the start of the season. They're doing quite well this season. They're 10th in the league, but the suspicion is if we were determined to get him, we'd probably be able to with a deal to be done. Report said £2.3 was the bid that was rejected. Um, James, I don't know if you've seen much of Tarkovsky, but a player we were linked with when he was at Alden, but he went to Brentford instead. Um, To be
3: honest, I've I've not seen anything of him, but... um... I think it's exactly the position we need to be focusing on um, you know strengthening it, it, you know right now the the back four does look good but I think um, you know you, you need some cover for if you know foam dips of one of the centre halves and you know obviously Michael has just been a great servant to the club and he, he's, in many ways he's still a great player but um, he lacks a little bit on the pace side and I think that's why it wasn't a surprise that he was dropped against Bristol City aside with a lot of pace and yeah um, you, you know, you'd, I think you probably need younger legs in there as backup to to make sure that we're able to play the sides that have quicker forwards and, and not struggle. What's
2: your view on what Natalie just said? Was that, that Ben Mee's the vulnerable one of the current back four?
3: Um, I'd say it's probably Stephen Ward. Or yeah, it's, it's probably Stephen Ward. I think because clearly we've seen Ben Me has been first in line for that position. Um, And he, I think he's, I think he's still ahead of Ward in the in the backing order, Um, and it just happens to be that he's playing at centre back at the moment. But I think if someone had to come out, I think it'd be Ward who came out and me'd go back to left back. But I'm reluctant to say the defence is as fixed as. Is what now? He said because I don't think Alton can afford many more performances like he had away at home.
2: Okay, fair enough. So maybe more changes. It's weird to be talking about changes to the back four considering <laughs> since that that back four got put together, we haven't conceded a goal. But I, I suppose that's modern football um, Tarkovsky then Natalie there's talk over whether he's a replacement for Duff or Keane but Keane's been talking to the press after the game at the weekend and said that he's not going anywhere in January refreshing to see a player come out and say that so nakedly really that he's not interested in a move at all he said he was flattered to be, inter- to be linked with, with Premier League clubs but he just wants to stay at Birmingham and gets promoted
4: Yes, I like that very much. It <laughs> puts uh, and it's quite unusual for us. We 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 tend to get hit with the silent treatment and, and spend a, an entire transfer window biting our nails and trying to lock players in cupboards because uh, we don't want them to go. And I think in previous years where we have been a perceived selling, actually I don't think it is perceived, we have been a selling club. Um when you hear rumors of one of your star players on the way out and then it gets knocked on the head Straight away, it's it's quite a, a refreshing tra- change and one that I do welcome <laughs> very very much. So,
2: I, I would assume then that Tarkovsky would be signed to play with Kane, maybe with half an eye on Keane potentially m- moving elsewhere. Yeah. I mean, but it, it would make little sense for us to go and spend two, three million quid, however much, on on a defender and then to be then sat on the bench
4: yeah I think that's a fair comment um i don't know it, it's a it's a funny one and I, I find it quite interesting really that even even amongst the three of us we which we, we've got conflicting views as whether we've got to settle back for and whether we, what changes we would make and and who we would bring in and who's better placed for what um I think that more than anything makes makes it you know quite a stark reality that that there are Possible changes to be made there And not everybody's going to see eye to eye On who our uh, best defence is So it's quite an interesting one I I look forward to it really I I think it's going to be a a very strange Transfer window from that sense
2: Well Tarkovsky's the, the one name We've heard so far one that always seems to come, of course, is is Henry Landsbury. Oh
4: God, no! Um,
2: haven't seen much press <laughs> about it yet, but I'm sure it's only a matter of time until someone puts two and two together. What sort of player would you be looking for, James? If you, if you had the chance to strengthen the club, it does seem like there's some money available.
3: Um, I'd be looking primarily at a centre half, and if you know Daj isn't keen on Cartley, another winger who can play like Cowley does but with a little bit more in product um, those would be the two things I'm looking for.
2: Do you not think we need another striker or are you happy to, to wait for Barnes to come up?
3: Uh, I really don't think Barnes is that far away to be honest um, you know it sounds like they're really happy with the progress he's made and and that it might not be too long for him um, and in which case I think you know having the free well three, four strikers we've got now is, is probably more than enough in the, in the meantime. Is, is there not a bit of
2: a fear with Barnes that he comes back and he's not quite the Ashley Barnes we know? I mean, he obviously will take a little bit of time to get back to to his usual standard anyway, but I think most people would say Sam Volks isn't quite the player he was two years ago.
3: Um, there's always that risk, but I, I think it'd be it'd be pretty harsh to write him off before you've had a chance to evaluate I'm not saying write him off I'm saying
2: maybe plan ahead for that eventuality
3: well yeah but then what if he comes back in as the same player and you've you know you're wasting a massive wage you could do a loan
2: you could do a short term loan pull back out
3: you you could maybe a loan could be the answer you know maybe if there's someone young um, who you know is is probably good enough for the top half of the championship but he's at one of the big sides in the Premier League and can't get a game then maybe that is the kind of player we need to look at because quite often you know you do see promoted sides pick up a you know really promising youngster from one of the Premier League sides and he and he has a really good season.
2: I think James Wilson at Brighton would have been an obvious one, wouldn't he? But I think pretty much all Championship clubs would have been him for him. Um, Natalie, you've got a few million to spend. Where are you looking to improve the squad? You don't actually have a few million to spend my land. I
4: was going to say,
2: The only <laughs> Dan- never budget doesn't quite stretch that far. <laughs> it
4: is. No, we're just rehashing the Danny Ings money again and again and again. Um, I, I, I really just echo what, what James has said then, really. I, I don't have an awful lot t- to add. Um, I would also agree in that I don't think we need to sign a permanent striker um, I, for that very same reason, and I... I, I, I take on board with everything that you've just said. The problem for me in our lack of goals, which I guess does sound silly on the back of two. 4-0 4-0 home victories but we've got a supply problem um, there's a real lack of creativity in midfield so I think for me the number one position is, is a, a good winger, um, somebody who is the player that we all want Boyd to be somebody who's fast, somebody who will run relentlessly but somebody who will actually create chances because at the moment there is it's so uninspiring is our midfield in terms of creating opportunities for goals we've got such talent with Gray I still think Volks will come good once he gets fit Um, and obviously I think like you say Barnes is on his way back this season Uh, we've also got you know Hennings and and Long as well so I think if we can just find some inspiration in that midfield then we will start scoring a lot of goals so that would be where I would spend the money although saying that I have heard today the rumours of us getting Crouch on loan till the I, end of the scene
2: i saw crouch mentioned a couple of times on twitter and thought yeah that, that seems utterly ludicrous
4: yeah it just seems a very bizarre thing but you never know crouch up front well, we, a, we tried to, to sign
2: him off. didn't we 15 years ago or something when there was a race riots and it came up it came up with his missus and
4: <laughs> the time
2: was on fire and he said no i don't <laughs> think so and i think that's when he ended up going to KPR.
4: Oh, I was talking about that the other day and I couldn't remember which player it was who, who backfired, so that's hilarious that he's actually Crouch.
2: Brilliant. I'm pretty sure it was Crouch, yeah. It'd be, it'd be an interesting one. I'm sure he'd, um, he'd do well in the Championship, but I don't think it would really encourage the the passing football on the ground that a lot of fans want to see if you signed Peter Crouch. He's pretty much the biggest player around. Any specific players anyone wants to raise?
3: I don't really believe in like specifically named players. You're setting yourself up for a four line. You're just going to get your hopes up, and then you'll be disappointed. You'll be thinking, "Oh, imagine all these players we could sign," and then it will happen. You'll be like, "It's tricky, anyway, isn't it? Because
2: like you, you watch Burnley every weekend, you don't necessarily see a lot of other Championship football. You don't know who's True. who's playing well. Who might be available?
3: Yeah, and also it's always hard to pick who you get rid of, isn't it? Yeah,
2: I suppose. I mean, that's
3: kind of why I say you know, we'll be play looking like to
2: move players on.
3: It's like to say, play like Kylie, but I don't want to get rid of Kylie, I think he should be playing. <laughs>
4: I don't want to get uh, it. to be. To be fair, this this squad should be good enough. We are still going back to the point. We've I keep it. saying that. Yeah.
2: but people keep saying no, and no, oh, we need to buy players. They're
4: not playing. They're not playing to their full potential. If this squad improves in some way, we don't need to buy that many more players. I think it's too knee-jerk to suggest that we need to buy half another squad when the one we've got on paper should be doing a lot better than it is.
2: I think there's definitely a, a case for saying we should be getting more from the squad. I think you look at the players we've brought in, I don't think we've got as much out of them as you'd expect. Henning's all right, he's adapting to a new league, but he's only scored one goal. Long hasn't scored yet, but all right, he's not been on the pitch a lot. Talk about, all right, I know I'm saying go out and sign a striker who's going to score goals, but we signed two in the summer and they've scored one goal between, them. we've got to get more out of them first.
4: Mm, True. I agree
2: Next up for Burnley then A trip to Middlesbrough Back to Middlesbrough Back to Teesside uh, We're not on the best record there in recent years For the FA Cup game You suspect both teams will probably rotate a little bit Are you expecting a lot of changes from Burnley James?
3: Um, I want to say no Because I'd like to see us take the FA Cup semi-seriously but, well, it's, um, it's it's a tough tie isn't it But you'd expect Middlesbrough to
2: rotate quite a lot So it's, it's a in opportunity to get into the next round
3: yeah, you can see that's the difficulty, isn't it? I don't know whether we'll necessarily be aiming to you know, put the, the focus on it that maybe we, we could do. Um, but I think it, you know, there's definitely an opportunity there to win because I think Middlesbrough obviously uh, will, will rotate. They, they're near the top of the league and they want to keep that going, so they're probably trying to be a little bit conservative about um, wearing players out. Um uh, yeah, I think they could be a you know a couple of changes, but I don't think it'd be too, anything
2: too drastic. Probably worth pointing out the middle, put rotated when we went up there for the league game. I think they made four or five changes and still beat us quite easily. So, their uh, squad depth is is quite clearly better than I was All the manager's more keen to use the squad. Um, a couple of players we could certainly use a start. Natalie Hennings maybe could come in over start if he's fit. It'd be good to see him in action.
4: Definitely. Um, I, I do share um, James's um, opinion that I think I would like to see us take this game seriously. Um, it's been a while since we had um, a good cup, FA Cup run, certainly. Uh, we seem to get really crappy away draws in the third round, which are not glamorous enough to be exciting and against better teams who just beat us and we end up not seeing um, you know a decent FA Cup game so I, I'd really like us to really go for it this year because I think it can do a lot for uh, for the team's confidence and I think it would be good um, for the fans as well to get uh, you know uh, a good cup run so in that sense I'd, I'd like us to field as strong a stronger team as we possibly can saying that the league does have to take priority Hennings is a, a player who um, is perfect to start this game it would give him I'd like to see him play 90 minutes to be honest and, and, and a real runabout Um I I'm tempted to say and I know this might be a bit controversial but I'm tempted to say bring Boyd back into the side. No. No, honestly, and make him play 90 minutes and make him fight once again for his place again and make him prove that um he you know he is a, as good a player as you know we saw last season. Um other than that I'm not expecting too many changes to be honest. I think you've got
2: a point on Boyd. I think maybe a little change. It's cup game, the pressure's slightly different. I think there's more... Mm. I, I, don't, I certainly don't think we'll go to the Middlesbrough and play for a nil-nil like we did a few weeks ago. I think we'll try and win the game because a replay is the last thing either side will want. Um, and yeah, maybe, maybe a, a little change and maybe a bit more attacking freedom would do Boyd. The power of good. Um, cup runs can work both ways, can't they, James? They can be a distraction and they can provide momentum as we saw when we got promoted on Rolling and Collier and had cup runs in both both competitions it really seems to give the team a big confidence boost especially when we were beating teams above us in the league pyramid
3: yeah and I think actually when you look back at that maybe provides a little bit of a distraction for how we weren't necessarily that great in the league until we sort of really got up steam at the back end of the season I think a lot of that was to do with you know the the cup run giving us a, a little bit of extra energy um, and I think that season in particular shows that you know the theory that if you want to focus on getting promoted, you maybe don't want to put any focus on the cups isn't necessarily true. And um, you know, I I think the FA Cup in particular, side should be playing the the strongest team, and they should be looking to challenge for it. Um, you know, particularly in this day and age when winning the Premier League is pretty much unattainable to any, but maybe five or six clubs who have a lot of money. Um, I think it's the trophy that is there for other sides to win. I suppose
2: Daesh will have half an eye on the games coming up. We're playing Tuesday, Friday, Monday, so three games in in less than a week. That's got to be something that's going to affect his team selection. Well, I predictions as ever then, James, you get first go. Um, I suppose it's difficult without knowing what sort of teams the manager's going to put out, but do you think Burnley's got a decent chance of getting through to the next round?
3: Uh, I think it's going to be tough and I'm going to say actually it's going gonna, it's gonna to need a replay and it's going to
2: be 1-1 I think that would be the worst possible scenario for both clubs I don't think anyone would want another game against Middlesbrough Natalie what are your thoughts?
4: I was going to say exactly the same thing (laughs) I was was just going to say yes I think that this is going to end up as a replay back at turf I think we're going to play a lot better than we did against them in the league and I think we'll get a draw I'm going to go I I can't say 1-1 now because James said it so I'll go 0-0 I
2: don't think we can be any worse than we were there last time but I I suspect we're going to lose again because I think Borough are in a very good run and are basically just a better team Um, the next podcast then will be after that Tuesday night game I mentioned against MK Dons um a tricky game in some ways but teams towards the bottom of the league away from home are the games that you expect to win if you are going to have a promotion challenge yet
3: um yeah definitely you know you, you you've got to win te- uh, games against weaker sides so um hopefully it'll be a, a strong win with a clean sheet.
2: same that way you're expecting us to of to MK to win.
4: Yes, absolutely. Um, John's were um, one of the weaker sides we've seen play at Turf um, this season. Saying that, they played us quite early on. Um, I I would expect them to have found their feet a little bit more now, uh, but they weren't a strong championship side at all, so I do expect us to win, yes.
2: Excellent. That's about it then for this week's podcast. Next week's podcast will hopefully be out uh, between the MK Dons and Brentford Games. We'll have to work out when we're going to record that. Um, but yeah it should be over then if you've got any feedback or comments or anything um, you want to tell us about the podcast please do get in touch the email address is podcast at knownandever.net as always you can also get us on twitter at knownandevernet or by facebooking us which is um, facebook.com slash all those different ways you can get in touch with the podcast thanks to james and natalie for joining me and we'll be back sometime next week when we've worked out how we're going to do it but that's it for this week
1: bye